All right. Hello and welcome to the second ever episode of the Comic Book Book Club. I'll probably stop saying the number at some point, but I'm still excited because this is still a new thing to me. I'm your host, Matt Lasik. And I'm your co-host, Kendra Forte. And uh, we're just going to talk about comic books for a bit. Um, in case you're tuning in for the first time and you didn't hear last week where we laid out the structure of the show, uh, this week we're just, it's just a more general talk showy vibe. Uh, I've got some headlines that I accumulated over the week that we're just going to kind of react to. Um, hopefully, if when people start sending in questions or other similar things to either our Twitter at CBBCPOD or our Gmail, which is CBBCPOD at gmail.com. Oh, say those letters slower. <laughs> okay, the Twitter, which is at CBBCPOD, and the Gmail, which is cbbcpod at gmail.com. Either one of those is a good place to send us questions, suggestions, topics that you want discussed, things about comic books you've been curious about but like don't know anything about. Uh, yeah, we, you can even send them in live. We'll be checking them. Uh, please give us things to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, as a reminder, next week we'll be talking about Volume 1 of Marvel Masterwork, Ma- Masterworks The Amazing Spider-Man, which collects Amazing Fantasy 15 and uh, issues 1 through 10 of the first volume of Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, I think that's all the logistics. I should probably start reading that. <laughs> I haven't started reading it either. But I read comics very quickly, so I'm confident that I'll be able to get through them. Okay. Let's jump into some headlines. Um, The first one comes from CheatSheet.com. Reads, Marvel is reportedly one step closer to bringing Charlie Cox's Daredevil back to the MCU. So what that's referencing, uh, Charlie Cox played Daredevil in the Netflix Marvel Universe, which included uh, Daredevil, obviously, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Defenders, Punisher. Yeah, Punisher. Punisher. Have you ever watched any of those? I did watch, I watched the first season of Daredevil. I watched all of Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. I watched the first season of Luke Cage. Didn't watch any of the Punisher. Did not care about his storyline whatsoever. <laughs> That's fair. I watched, uh, I watched all of Daredevil. I basically watched um, chronologically up until Defenders, skipping over Iron Fist because apparently that was the worst one. Oh yeah, I did hear Iron Fist sucked, but I did watch mm-hmm. Defenders. Defenders was fun. Defenders was nice. <laughs> too bad we'll never get a... Well, too bad we'll never get anything in that universe anymore. Because <laughs> I think Marvel has ended whatever production deal they had with Netflix. But they're bringing, they're bringing Daredevil back. Apparently. Let's read this article. Uh, two years since it ended. Has it really been two years since Daredevil ended? The streaming... This is quoting from CheatSheet.com. The streaming giant canceled the series on November 29th, 2018. Oh, Nice. That's Ooh, my, that's that my nice. article reading voice, in case you were wondering. Mm. <laughs> um, this is actually good news for Marvel fans, because Netflix's two-year hold on the Daredevil character rights is about to expire. Uh, so there's no actual rumors or anything, it's just that... Uh, Netflix has released its hold. Or is about to. Or about to release its hold. Yeah. On November 29th. 29th. Which could mean... Which, uh, which does mean that Marvel would regain publishing rights for the character which means that they could work him into the MCU. 
I've seen a lot of uh, fan theories that they're going to bring him in for the next Spider-Man movie. Because for Ooh. those of you who don't know, Daredevil is secret identity. He works as a lawyer, a defense lawyer. Um, so the the uh, spoiler is for Far From Home, which is a couple years old now. So I think we're good. Uh, it ended with uh, Mysterio revealing to the world that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and kind of casting him in a negative light. Uh, you so, think you think Peter Parker is going to get a defense attorney <laughs> to clear his name? That's what some fans are speculating. Some fans are speculating that Daredevil is going to come into the MCU uh, and uh, be Peter's defense lawyer, which it's, it could happen. It's happened before. It's so anticlimactic from what I was envisioning. <laughs> I don't know why I thought Peter Parker was just going to fight the entire world until people <laughs> just stopped saying he was a bad guy. Um, pretty much every other instance of, uh, a superhero revealing their secret identity to the public, specifically in Marvel comics, of uh, superheroes revealing their identity to the public and then trying to undo it. Um, it's happened to Peter during the Civil War arc, uh, which yes, shares the, the name with Captain America 3 Civil War. Civil War was a, uh, was a, a big company crossover summer event in 2007. I'm going to Google this. I should probably specify Civil War comics instead of just Googling Civil War. 2006 to 2007. So this, so comic books have like big crossover events basically every summer, but every so often there's one that like actually is substantial and changes things. And Civil War was one of them. So the concept for Civil War is that the American government wanted to put in a law that required superheroes to reveal their secret identity to the public and like officially register themselves with the government uh, and become government employees. So it was basically okay. split down the middle of Iron Man and his allies who wanted to work with the government and Captain America and his allies who wanted to work against the government. Uh, one of the big climactic moments, and one of the so it, in this point in the comics, Spider-Man or specifically Peter Parker was working for Tony Stark. Uh, Spider-Man was part of the Avengers. Peter was working as Tony's like basically lab assistant because Peter's is also a scientific genius. Um, and one of the big important events in, in Civil War is Peter revealing his secret identity during a big press conference saying like, Hey, you know me, I'm Spider-Man, but also I'm Peter Parker and I support Iron Man. Um, oh, dweeb. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's a pretty good scene. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson has a heart attack because of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me think. Uh, at this point he's married to Mary Jane Watson and uh, his aunt May is living with them. Oh, this is further down the Spider-Man line. He's no longer in high school. I'm this assuming. is in two. He's full time working. This is in two thousand six. He's full time working for uh, Tony Stark. Oh, does he grow up as the comics go? Yes. Oh, I just assumed they had him in high school forever. <laughs> no, Peter Parker is one of the few characters that actually ages over time. Oh. <laughs> so he he initially is a high school student, yes, and then he spends a long, long period of time in college, and then eventually graduates college. And then it's just like a 20-something for decades. <laughs> and that's that's where he stops. And that's that. Uh, we can get into timelines. I want to finish up my thoughts on this. Um, just as an indicator of how the MCU might take things. Uh, so eventually, um, the Kingpin, a.k.a. Wilson Fisk, who was another character in the Daredevil Netflix series, he's usually 
uh, a villain to either Spider-Man or Daredevil, sometimes at the same time. Currently in comics, he's the mayor of New York City, which is fun. Oh, good for him. <laughs> yeah, good for him. He's had, well, based on what I saw in the Daredevil show, he had such a sad backstory. So, like, yeah. good for him for becoming mayor. Yeah, I mean, he's still a criminal. Like, he became mayor to do criminal stuff. You know, different strokes. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Right. So, Kingpin finding out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man isn't too difficult to find out where he lives and hires someone to assassinate him. Thanks to Peter's Spider-Sense, he dodges out of the bullet, but it hits Aunt May. Oh. Which starts a whole uh, Spider-Man, a really interesting and good that we might cover one day, a Spider-Man uh, uh, storyline called Back in Black, where he gets like all angry and vengeful and to and to show and to signify that he puts on his black costume, which he hasn't worn since the whole Venom thing. Wait, what Venom thing? Okay. Now you have to explain how Venom and Spider-Man connect because I know they do, and I'm just not sure how. Right, because in the movies they don't. Yeah. So, long story short, Spider-Man gets sucked out to space during a big thing called Secret Wars. He puts on this costume. He goes back to Earth. He finds out the costume is a sentient ooze thing. Um, and he fights it off. The ooze thing goes to this reporter named Eddie Brock. Eddie and the thing and the ooze thing bond and they become better. Okay. So while Spider-Man was wearing the suit, it was, uh, an all black suit with a big white spider emblem, like no webbing design or anything. So when he got all angry and vengeful because Aunt May was shot, he took off his red and blue outfit and put on the black suit to be like, grr, I'm angry and vengeful. So he was in space. Yes. Found a suit. Yes, because his original suit was torn, so he's walking through the space base, and he ran into Hulk and Thor, and in an earlier issue, Thor's suit had been obliterated, but in this issue, Thor was wearing a new suit, and Spider-Man was like, hey, where'd you get that new suit? And Thor said, oh, there's a machine in there that makes costumes. So Spider-Man walked into the room that had a bunch of different machines in it, and said, oh, I should ask for more details. Guess I'll just pick one, and then push buttons, and then the suit turned black. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure. And then that suit was the ooze. Yes, then which they refer to as symbiotes. Um, their official alien race name is the Clintar, but they're referred to as symbiotes. Okay. And that, I'm going to keep calling it ooze. Okay. That ooze thing then became Venom. Yes. The combination. But he still had the suit. <laughs> that I'm not sure on. Because I, uh, I don't remember. I'm just going to say I don't remember. It's been a while since I read either the Venom storyline or the Back in Black storyline. Anyways, Black and Black storyline lasts for a decent amount of time. He's going around New York City beating up people. Um, eventually, Aunt May, like, dies, I think, or comes very close to dying. So Peter and MJ go to uh, the, M the Marvel Universe's version of Satan, which is named Mephisto. And say, okay. hey, Mephisto, we want to make a literal deal with the devil. Can you save Aunt May? And, or maybe Mephisto comes to them. Either way, they make a deal with Mephisto. Um, and uh, <laughs> this, is a very, this was a very controversial thing, and it's still very controversial. The storyline's called One More Day. Mephisto rewrites the timeline so that now Peter and uh, Aunt May are still living in Aunt May's house in Queens, and Mary Jane and Peter are never married. Oh, well, so, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Um, Mephisto would be such a great villain in Marvel United. It would be. I don't know if they're... For reference, Marvel United is a Marvel-based board game that I just got, and me and Kendra are obsessed with it. 
Yeah, Spider-Man One More Day was written in two, uh, came out in 2007. Uh, it was a complete rewrite of the Spider-Man timeline. Brought him back, because at this point he was like very... Uh, okay, so let me explain a little bit about uh, Spider-Man mythos. The, the Spider-Man rule is referred to in comics as Parker Luck. Basically, if Spider-Man is being successful, then Peter Parker must be a failure, or vice versa. Only one of them can be successful at a time. And it's hilarious. Um, but at this point, pre-Civil War, since Peter Parker, since Spider-Man was with the Avengers and doing Avengers thing, and Peter Parker was working with Tony Stark and doing Tony Stark things, they were both being successful. Oh, so, that's no good. That's no good. <laughs> so to reset that, they did one more day, and now Peter's a loser again, living with his aunt, and he and MJ never married. Um, and that's been, you know, obviously it's been 13 years since that storyline. Time oh, is did weird. They- have they not re-rewritten it? Or no, that actually hasn't been retconned yet. Oh, um, so him and Ma- Mary Jane just still aren't married. No, they're dating? Question mark. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> but they're no longer married. Um, and their marriage was like one of like the big, long-lasting marriages in comics. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, I think that's all I have to say on that. Um, oh, and a side effect of Mephisto's deal was that it also erased the public's knowledge of Peter Parker's uh, secret identity. Oh, that's where we started. That's where we started it. So they could they could do the magical thing with that um, or get Doctor Strange involved because um, it's also this thing where like, oh, well, the characters can't openly acknowledge that they made a deal with basically Satan. So they're going, they all believe that Doctor Strange did it, but actually it was Mephisto that did it. Um, so yeah, there's two avenues they could, there's, well, there's three avenues. He could just keep his identity public and just live with it, which I doubt they're going to do. They could pull in Daredevil or some other Marvel lawyer and do some legal shenanigans, or they could get Dr. Strange involved and do some magic shenanigans. Uh, next headline. <laughs> this is from CBR.com. I have a love and hate relationship with CBR.com because they make both really great articles and really awful articles. This one's titled... Top 10 X-Men villains that have yet to appear on the big screen. So, we might just skip this one. Uh, are there any that you are, like, really interested in seeing on the big screen? Mm. So, there's the Brood, which uh, are... They're basically uh, Marvel's stand-in for, like, evil aliens. They look pretty similar to um, the Xenomorph from the Alien yeah. movie series. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what they look like for Kendra's sake. Oh, uh, they initially appeared in the X-Men comics, but event like have, you know, expanded to appearing in other series. Uh, and they're a race of aliens that plant eggs inside other, uh, non-brood aliens. And then the eggs grow and hatch. And then the host's bodies is transformed into a brood's bodies. And if they have superpowers, the new brood gains the superpowers. Super. Yep. Um, so now that uh, X Men rights are still are now in Disney's hands, while they not while they may not use the X Men characters, they could still import the Brood into something involving their space characters. Um, that's about the only viable option on this list. Honestly, the rest are just fairly obscure X Men villains, so I'm going to skip that one. Um, oh, this is an interesting one. This is from Screen Rant. The headline reads. Batgirl is finally retiring in DC's comic universe. So this is multi-layered. Because um, in the real world, it's been known for a couple months now that DC is canceling uh, multiple titles 
either at the end of this month or at the end of October. Um, and one of them is Batgirl. So Batgirl will no longer have her own ongoing series. In-universe, um, she is retiring because of family drama or something. <laughs> or something. I don't know. I do I do read Batgirl. It's one of the ones that I try and keep up with. Um, but I've just been skimming them of late because there's not really anything super interesting going on. Um, they're also trying to juggle a big Batman crossover going on right now called Joker War. So it's just kind of... Bat- Batgirl especially is just kind of a mess right now. And I guess it hasn't been selling that well, maybe because it's a mess, or maybe it's not. It's a mess because it hasn't been selling well. Either way, DC is canceling it, and Barbara Gordon is retiring from Batgirl. This is not the for- first time that Barbara Gordon has retired from Batgirl. Uh, Barbara became Batgirl in... I want to look that up, actually. Uh, in her first appearance, she was Batgirl, and then... Um, uh, 67. 1967, she first appeared as Batgirl... Um, and then in the 80s, in the big controversial storyline known as The Killing Joke, which was recently adapted to an animated movie, uh, it involved the Joker shooting her in the spine and putting her in a wheelchair, and then she became Oracle. Um, and then in 2011, with the new 52 reboot, uh, they put her back in the Batgirl outfit, uh, and now she's retiring from Batgirl. So um, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Uh, if I had to predict, I'd say the two most likely outcomes is either they're just going to leave the Batgirl slot empty uh, or they might put one of the because there's been two other Bat Girls in DC Comics and they're both currently present in the DC timeline. Um, one is Cassandra Kane, currently going as codename Orphan. Uh, she is a, a young woman that was raised by an assassin, and instead of teaching her how to speak words good, uh, he taught her how to fight good. So she doesn't speak very well, but she can basically fight anyone. Anywhere at any time. Priorities. Sure. <laughs> um, Cassandra Kane became Batgirl during the uh, 1999 to 2000 uh, Batman storyline, uh, No Man's Land, which I think is very good. We might cover it. It's a pretty long one, so we'd have to break it up across like multiple episodes. Uh, and then the other one is, I am fully blanking on the name. I shouldn't. I should know. I know all these by memory. Like I know all these names by heart. Uh, Stephanie Brown. Stephanie Brown is currently operating under the code name Spoiler. She has served as both a Batgirl and as a Robin, although she was only Robin for like a month and started a gang war so bad that she had to fake her own death. Oh. <laughs> Which isn't great in terms of like, women can be Robin too, you know? That's not super great. <laughs> um, that goes into a whole concept that we'll totally cover at some point um, called Women in Refrigerators. Uh, which refers to how there's a trend in comics to consistently depower and or kill off female characters just for the purpose of furthering male character storylines. Uh, we will cover that later. I really want to talk about that. Um, probably not today, though, because <laughs> it's pretty. That needs its whole. That needs, that needs a whole episode. That needs a whole episode. It's really interesting, though. Um, okay. Uh, skipping that headline. Another one from CBR. Five ways Professor Xavier, leader of the X-Men, is a great hero, and five ways he's secretly the villain. (laughs) Remember earlier when I mentioned I have a love-hate relationship with CBR? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Number 10, great hero, the Xavier School. Sure. Obviously. Obviously. Number 9, villain, sent children into battle. Well, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Number eight, great hero, protects mutant children. Well, you just... Well, duh. You just contradicted yourself because you were just criticizing him. <laughs> How for, for, he sent him into, into battle. battle. Whatever. 
Number seven, villain reprogrammed Wolverine's mind. Um, Didn't know he did that. Sounds kind of Not sketch. sure if that's true. That might have been retconned, honestly. <laughs> With Wolverine, his past is so... Wolverine is possibly the most heavily retconned character in Marvel Comics. Because they, they use his like his whole thing like oh my memory isn't good like they they use that fact to just let writers go buck wild with him <laughs> do whatever he's not gonna remember it anyway the two important events are that he was born in like the 1800s uh and then in like the 1980s he joined the x-men and then like everything from him joining the x-men onward is well documented because he's like the most popular x-men character but everywhere in between that gap is just up for revision. Oh, so his entire origin story is just, who knows? At some point, he so he fought in both world wars and possibly the Vietnam War. Uh, Marvel's sliding timeline makes that hard to keep track of. Um, I might as well talk about that because I kind of wanted to touch on timelines today. Marvel has what they call a sliding timeline. It's how they keep everything that happened in their comics in canon uh that's their take on timelines just include everything as opposed to dc which chooses to like reboot every five years or so uh the sliding timeline means that there are certain um the way they describe it in comics is imagine time as like a stone that is falling infinitely right and important events are other stones that no i messed this up okay let me restart Time is a line heading downwards, right? All right, yeah. Certain events in time have such importance that they have a weight to them, and that weight pulls them downwards at the same rate as time is going. For example, uh, Frank Castle, the Punisher, his initial, uh, he came out in the 70s or 80s, and his initial um, backstory was that he fought in the Vietnam War. Um, okay. But as time went on, that backstory changed to whatever war would make sense for war. his age. Okay. Um, so the, their explanation is that, yes, everything happened. However, comma, the origin stories and other important events just move through time. Just d- move downwards through time as time moves on. Which makes, like, it, you know, it allows makes them to still, it allows writers to still fully access everything from a character's history without being like, hey, technically these guys would be like 120 years old by now. Um... Yeah, so what was I saying? What prompted this? Uh, yes, Wolverine's thing. Wolverine is unique, whereas his thing isn't super sliding. They just kind of keep adding wars on to whatever he fought in. <laughs> he at just some keeps point, fighting. At some point, he was kidnapped by the Canadian government, and they injected him with adamantium, which is an unbreakable metal, and like coated his bones with it. Um, and then he was, and then he escaped and went mad. And then a different section of the Canadian government rescued him and made him good again. And then he went to work with the X-Men. Okay. And that's that's the official story. They haven't changed. They're, they'll throw stuff up in the layer like, oh, now he has a kid. Ooh, now he has a wife. Ooh, but now the wife is dead. Ooh, here's how he met Xavier like decades before he actually joined the X-Men. Ooh, but did he? And it's all the same like, ooh, maybe Sabretooth is his son. Who knows? <laughs> they just They just like messing with Wolverine. He recently died and then fought his way out of hell. And they were like, oh. since he fought his way out of hell, now his claws can light on fire. And then they immediately stopped using that. <laughs> his flaming claws. Actually, of- dumb idea. Scratch that. That's because um, a, a, an author by the name of Hickman, whose first name I cannot remember, Jonathan Hickman, um, 
very recently completely rebooted the X-Men series of comics, um, which was kind of needed because X-Men is like their own sub-universe within the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. He's doing very interesting things with it right now. He moved all of the mutants to an island called Krakoa, which has its own importance in X-Men lore, um, and was like, and made the mutants like have their own laws and be a sovereign nation, yada, yada, yada. Uh, There's a big crossover event starting right now called like X of Swords or Cross of Swords or something dumb. Uh, <laughs> so that basically stopped every ongoing story that was happening and just oh, just they didn't end any of the stories. They just every ongoing X Men story. They it kind of just stopped. It was in a particular. I honestly I think that's good because it, it it this gave a very good starting point for anyone that wanted to get into X Men. Um, and, like, the current ongoing stuff was kind of gross and messy because there was all this, like, alternate timeline and, like, mutant war stuff going on. So Hickman was just like, all right, forget all of this. I'm just going to put him on an island and see what happens. <laughs> so that's, um, so, yeah, Wolverine was dead for a while and then came back and had fire claws. And then Jonathan Hickman happened. And maybe he still has him? We don't know. Anyway, back to the listicle. <laughs> Number six, hero sought peace between mutants and humans. A lot of these hero ones are the same thing. Yeah. It's like, he did work for mutants. And he worked for mutants. And he worked for mutants. I'm just going to skip these. Yeah, number two is just he tries to do the right thing. Ah, CBR. Except for all the times in this list where he didn't do the right thing, apparently. Yeah. So, uh, X-Men has always been... Uh, a metaphor for any subgroup in culture that is being like prosecuted. Mm-hmm. Um, so at different times it stood for like civil rights and uh, LGBT rights. In fact, there were multiple LGBT X people, which is pretty neat. One of them being Iceman, who's one of the original five. So good for him. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So in, in terms of civil rights, it's always been like, Ooh, professor X is, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and Magneto is Malcolm X, which has its own problems because uh, the current representations of Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X are kind of skewed, but that's not... We're here to talk about comic books, not... That's not, that's not what we're talking about today. So yeah, Professor... Whereas Magneto is like, oh, we have to fight for mutants to be respected, and that might mean fighting the people that don't respect us. Whereas Professor Xavier is like, nah, man, coexistence. I'm just gonna, like, start a school and see what happens. <laughs> uh... So yeah, that's that headline. Next headline, Punisher creator Jerry Conway. Cancel every existing superhero comic. So Jerry Conway... Is is this a quote from Jerry Conway? Yes. Who just is done with superhero Mm -hmm. comics? I guess so. So Jerry Conway is a fairly large name in uh, comics. He is a co-creator of The Punisher, Firestorm, Power Girl, Vixen, uh, Captain Marvel, etc., 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 uh, and he literally, he recently took to Twitter to say what he would do if he was in control of the comic book industry. And, and the answer was ideas, just well, stop everything. It's multiple paragraphs of text, and I'm not going to read them right now. But one of them was, and this is quoting Conway, I'd cancel every existing superhero comic book and publish a limited new line for middle for a middle grade readership, simplifying characters and storylines, and eliminate every event that requires more than passing familiarity with the basic simplified continuity, 10 to 15 titles. For existing readers, I'd offer a separate, higher-priced graphic novel line with whatever expanded adult storylines creators and readers want, want to explore. But this would be separate, not monthly, not the mainstream. 
Interesting. So he's proposing just completely two different timelines. No, for I think, children and adults. I think he's saying create a timeline for like middle grade ish readers, which is just and 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 both Marvel and DC have done this. Marvel more so, where they create a a a line for younger readers, which has a simplified. Uh, lore and just be like, here's Spider-Man doing Spider-Man things. Isn't this fun? We're going to give him a girlfriend that can talk to animals. And I was like, yeah, this is fun. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I can, so that has had success. I don't know about replacing the entire weekly releases with just that kind of simplified younger readers thing. Uh, and then he's also saying have a second line, which is longer form graphic novels, which lets writers do what they want with the characters, which again is a thing that happens um in today's comic book industry just recently like within the past couple of years there's been like five or six different batman and or joker focused separate timeline writers flexing their stuff uh miniseries that have gone on but again i don't know about replacing the entire uh industry with that i do like the idea of having lines that are for younger readers that uh introduce the characters in a simplified context i think that will do great lengths towards getting new readers it'll make continuity much less intimidating of having like here's a simplified thing for you to get used to the character and then you can move on to like the more complex stuff but i don't again not sure about just replacing everything uh next headline this is uh a leak related to the avengers video game i mostly chose this because i wanted to talk about the avengers video game the headline is first glimpse at marvel's avengers black panther leaked uh, so it's just a leak that says that uh, Black Panther will appear in the recent video game that was released uh, titled Marvel's Avengers, or as I like to call it, uh, Sony's, Disney's, PlayStation's, Square Enix's, Marvel's Avengers. Because this, the, 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 this game is heavily corporatized, it's heavily monetized, it's all loot boxes and season passes, and... Uh, if you look up images of the game, it looks pretty. The faces are kind of weird. It has a very, like, it's clear that they're trying to do MCU, but they couldn't, like, afford the likenesses. They couldn't afford MCU. They couldn't afford the actual likenesses of, like, Robert Downey Jr. and stuff, so it's just, like, weird, cheap knockoff designs. Bargain bin Robert yeah, Downey Jr. Basically. Um, so I <laughs> I pre-ordered the game, and I got to play it. Three, of course I did. I got to play it three days early, three days early before release. And I put a couple in, hours into it, and I was like, "Man, this is kind of bad." <laughs> and then I stopped. I I have hopes because there are a couple other uh, games similar in nature, mainly Destiny, that had rocky launches, but then the developers actually listened to the players and made significant changes, and the games were good. So I'm hoping if I just kind of wait, <laughs> maybe was... up to a year or two. It'll be good. What was bad about it? It was very... The the opening is very story-driven, which is what I was looking for. Um, but then after you get like an hour or two into it, it just becomes very like copy and paste of like, go to place, punch bad guys, leave place. Go to other place, punch more bad guys, leave place. And it's all about like, ooh, you unlocked a new spine enhancement for the Hulk that increases his punch power by 0.02%. And yeah. Oh yeah, that sucks. So not great on launch. I know no one that worked on the game will hear this ever <laughs> because we are tiny, but not a great, not a great game on launch. I'm still holding out hope. Um, they've already announced that they're adding in. 
right now you can play at, the other big gimmick is that there's a bunch of different playable characters and each one has a different play style so like uh iron man's all about using his gadgets hulk's all about just jumping around and punching stuff good um and there's supposed to there's supposedly like a whole system of combos and dodges and counterattacks that like bust your, boost your power but you can achieve the same results by mashing the attack button so that's another thing that i would like to see changed is maybe like Maybe not require a bit more finesse, but like reward players that are giving that bit more finesse. So at launch, the playable characters include the Hulk, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, Black Widow, and Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, who is a relatively new character uh, in terms of Marvel mythos. Um, and they've already announced that they're going to be adding in Hawkeye. And uh, only for PS4 players, they're going to be adding in Spider-Man because of like Sony's weird Sony, deal. okay. Um, Spider-Man is only coming to PS4, which sounds, angered a decent amount of people. Sounds kind of terrible. I still will buy it, though. <laughs> I honestly wait for a sale. It's not <laughs> great right now. Honestly, Kendra, either wait for a sale or wait for them to make it major changes. <laughs> um, and since we're on video games, I wanted to complain about another video game. Uh, because I've been playing uh, a bunch of... I love Lego games. <laughs> like, the Lego video games where you, like, run around and break stuff and get studs and, like, buy characters. I love those games. I've completed, like, ten of them. And I've been playing the Marvel ones, uh, and I got to uh, Marvel's Lego Avengers, or as I like to call it, <laughs> Disney's Legos, Traveler's Tales, Marvel's Avengers. And it's literally... Uh, all the other... Well, okay, let me clarify. So the Lego games are usually based off of a third pro property or a third party. So like the Harry Potter games, the storyline is just the Harry Potter movies. The Indiana Jones Lego games, the storyline is just the, the Indiana Jones movies. But with the superhero ones, they usually try to be at, be, uh, at least a bit more creative with them. So they're not like specifically just covering uh, like one specific movie. They usually have like DLC packs that are just a level that is the movie. Um, but usually the main game has at least a somewhat original storyline. Even if the original storyline is just as simple as like, oh, Galactus is attacking. But at least that's not like just based off a movie. The problem with Disney's Travelers, Tales, Legos, Marvel's Avengers is that that game is just MCU movies. All of the levels are just the storylines from the MCU movies up to like Age of Ultron because that's when the game came out. I'm still going to play it and beat it because that's just the person I am and I hate myself for it. <laughs> but all of the, all of the voice actors are the actors that played the, the characters in real life. And they have, oh, so it's just the movie in Lego form. Yeah. Do you know, you know, have you seen age of Ultron? I have seen age of Ultron. You know, the best part in that movie is the opening scene where there's that splash screen of like them all jumping into action. And then the movie just goes down from there. Sure. They just re like you. Okay. So it's a normal thing in Lego games for them to recreate famous like shots or scenes from the movies, but they'll usually like have something in there to make it funny. Uh, I can't think of anything is it exactly not, specific. Is it not funny that they're Legos already? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> but this is just, it's just, it's just the same shot from the movies. Every level I play is just the same shots from the movies with nothing changed, which 
<laughs> the most they've done is like, haha, isn't it funny that in this scene, Nick Fury is drinking a smoothie? In the original movie, he isn't drinking a smoothie, but in this scene, we made him drink a smoothie. Isn't that funny? That's how, about as creative as we're going to get for this game. Yeah. The worst part, the worst part is that they have these freaking quips where as you're playing, whatever character you're playing as will just say a line from the movie. Just say anything from the movie. You're playing as Captain America and you're in the middle of beating up a bunch of guys who go, I could do this all day. And you're like, thanks, Chris Evans. But it lacks it lacks the weight and the sincerity of having it. There's a difference between watching Captain America, the first Avenger, and seeing like Puny Steve getting beat up and the boy's like, you had enough yet? And he, he stands he said, up and like, I can, I can do, do this, this all day. day. Which is like, oh, cool. It's showing like his inner strength. And then like an hour and a half later, he's fighting the Red Skull. And the Red Skull's like, you'll never beat me. And then Captain America says, I can do this all day. And it's like, yeah, I get it. This is like a really cool line. But when he says it for the fifth freaking time in like a two-minute period as just matching the attack button on like the same two enemy models as they fly to Lego Pieces, and they just say, I can do this all day. I can do this all day. I can do this all day. It's maddening. And it's just, it's just it loses all of the weight and sincerity behind those lines. So now whenever I watch Captain America, the first Avenger again, and he stands up and says, I can do this all day. I'm not going to feel anything anymore. Yeah. Because I'm just going to remember the hours I've wasted playing Disney's, Sony's, PlayStation's, Lego's, Marvel's, Traveler's, Tales's, Avengers. You got really heated about that. I've been saving this for like half a week. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to talk about this so many times when I was hanging out with you, but I was like, no, I got to save this for the podcast. (laughs) I got to wait. This is good content. This is good content. I got to save it for the podcast. Anyways, next headline. I think this is the last one I have. Uh, Let's see here. This is from uh, CheatSheet.com. Ben Affleck will reportedly return to the DCEU for a standalone Batman movie if he gets creative control. So. Who's the current Batman? Who who last played Batman? Currently, so they are in the process of filming, uh, I believe it's just called The Batman, uh, and it features Robert Pattinson. Yes, yes, Robert Pattinson. Yes, there was a trailer I'm very released. excited about that. As am I. Uh... So Ben Affleck was Batman in uh, the recent stint of movies referred to as the DCEU, which is DC's version of the MCU, which included uh, see Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, uh, Man of Steel, uh, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman 2, and... Um, is Wonder Woman 2 out yet? No. I feel like I've been seeing trailers for that for a year. Well, it's one of the movies that keeps getting pushed back because of COVID. Okay. So it would have come out this year. Um, I think, I don't know. DCEU was a couple of movies. <laughs> well, the thing is, the problem with the DCEU is that they tried to... So you know how Marvel had like four different movies, each focusing on a single character before making the Avengers? Yeah. The DCEU started off with Man of Steel, which was a solo movie, fine. But then Batman v Superman, which had Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and Suicide Squad, which had like 10 characters. They tried to skip straight to the team-up without having any of the solo establishing movies. Is Birds of Prey a DCEU movie? Yes, it is. There we go. That was the mo- that's the most recent DCEU release. Um, they're planning a Flash movie, and it's been rumored that um, because the Flash runs fast and does time travel things... 
there's rumors that both um, uh, uh, Ben Affleck and I think uh, who's the dude uh, from like Beetlejuice, Michael Keaton, because Michael Keaton also played Batman. <clears throat> Excuse me. So there's rumors that in the Flash movie, because of time travel shenanigans, uh, Michael Keaton and uh, ben, ben Affleck will reappear as their Batman, which would be interesting to see. That would be nice. I think it would be a lot cooler if it wasn't spoiled already. <laughs> like if I was watching the Flash movie and like all of a sudden Michael Keaton showed up, I would be like, oh my God. But now he's going to show up and I'm like, well, I knew about this for like three years. Um, so the DCEU is kind of on its way out already. They made like a decent amount of movies, but like Wonder Woman was the only good one. I liked Birds of Prey, but you haven't seen Birds I haven't of seen Prey. Birds of Prey. I've heard Birds of Prey were good. Um, that's the only DCEU movie I haven't seen, so I can't speak on that. But still, two out of like ten is not a good stu- score. Um, they 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 if they just like did their thing, then I think they would have been fine. But they just kept trying to do Marvel's thing, and they're not Marvel. DC and Marvel are very different, so they just kind of failed. <laughs> they kept having like creative issues, and they tried to cram too many characters into their movies, and they were just all not great. What does DC stand for? I think Detective Comics. I think it comes from Detective Comics. Huh. I'm not sure about that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Because Detective Comics is like one of, if not their longest running one. That's where Batman came from. Um, I'm not sure. I'm actually going to look that up. Because I've always thought like, oh, it's just Detective Comics. But now I'm not sure. I want to say it is Detective Comics. I feel like someone did tell me that DC stood for Detective Comics. Yeah, uh, let's see what Wikipedia says. Mm-hmm. It made me uh, mad for some reason. I can't remember why. <laughs> yeah, so the two most successful lines are Action Comics and Detective Comics, which have been running. They have like well over a thousand issues. They're the only superhero comic books that have run for over one thousand issues. What's the brand? Uh, DC Comics stand for. If Action Comics and Detective Comics are both Detective Comics, <laughs> why DC did they name one? Screen Rant. What does DC Comics stand for? Is it just Detective Comics? Then where does Action Comics come in? I'm not sure. I think Action Comics has more issues than Detective Comics. Yeah. Action Comics started in 1938. Detective Comics started in 34? No. That doesn't... Before Action Comics. So, okay. So, while Superman did appear before Batman, Detective Comics started before Action Comics. So it does make sense if DC stands for Detective Comics. Uh, so detection, D- Detective Comics and Action Comics are the same thing. While the company, this is from Screen Rant, while the company was still officially called National Allied Publications and later National Comics Publications during the early 1940s, its comics began including seals on its comic books reading a DC publication, a Superman DC publication, and lady, and later, Superman DC National Comics. Obviously, DC stood for the Detective Comics in Detective Comics, Inc. Uh, and then in 1977, they officially changed their business names to DC Comics. Okay, so at some point, they just said, screw Action Comics, we're all DC Comics now. Right. 
I think at the time, Detective Comics was the more successful of the two, or maybe it's just, or maybe it's just because Detective Comics started before Action Comics. Uh, but yeah, nowadays DC doesn't actually stand for anything. It's just DC Comics, which if it did stand for something, would make it Detective Comics Comics, which is dumb. <laughs> so it's just like it's just like an acronym that doesn't actually stand for anything. Okay. It's like. Um, I can't think of an example. <laughs> it's just DC Comics in that category. Yes. The DC Comics, which publishes Detective Comics. <laughs> uh, this is fun. <clears throat> Wait until you hear about Marvel Comics. Should we get into how Marvel Comics got its name? Yes, please. Okay. So Marvel was initially... Um, I'm actually going to look it up because I don't remember. So Marvel did a lot of things before it was known as Marvel Comics. Uh, in the 1930s and 40s, when the first wave of superheroes appeared, they were known as Timely Comics. Um, and the uh, series that they used to introduce superheroes was called Marvel Comics. Um, and then what then, was in their other comics? Well, I'll get to that. Uh, Marvel... So the, the publisher and founder uh, named Martin Goodman... Uh, had a knack for jumping on whatever was big. He never started any big trend, but if there was a trend, he, he sure was there. Would, yep, he sure would run out all the competition by overflowing the publication boxes with his stuff. So when Superman became a thing, Martin Goodman was like, hey, make superheroes. So that's where we got the original Human Torch, Namor the Submariner, and Captain America. Um, oh, I don't know. Two out of three of those. It's okay. We'll talk about them later. The Human Torch, is that Fantastic Four? Right. So the Fantastic Four's Human Torch, who is obviously insanely more popular, actually took his name from the 1939 Human Torch, who was a robot, an android, whose skin would light on fire when exposed to oxygen. Oh, <laughs> Not the same thing. Not the same thing. He's still around. He's still kicking in the comments. Oh, he's good not, for him. He doesn't really show up that often, but occasionally he's just like, yeah, the original Human Torch is still around. He's still kicking <laughs> he's, it. He's back there somewhere. His gears are still turning. Um, right. So over time, uh, superheroes kind of fell out of fashion for a while. So uh, Timely Comics started making like funny animal stuff, which is like similar to... Uh, they basically jumped on the Looney Tunes boom and made their funny animal stuff. And then they stopped being popular. So then they made like horror stuff, uh, romance stuff, Western stuff. They just kept changing to like whatever was popular. Um, and during this period, uh, they changed their name to Atlas Comics. Um, and during this time when they were doing like horror and crime and, and mystery stuff, they made a couple of characters that are also still around. Uh, like uh, Jimmy Woo, who's like a super secret spy. Um, the Gorilla Man, who's a gorilla. Uh, <laughs> Whose power is gorilla. Well, the, the, the thing is like, oh, if you kill the Gorilla Man, then you become the Gorilla Man. And like, whoever oh, that the, sucks. Yeah, it's like a curse that's passed on and the current Gorilla Man can't die unless he's killed by something else. So he's functionally immortal uh, because the curse has to keep being passed on. Anyways, um, a couple of these characters, while they were known as Atlas Comics, eventually resurfaced in the Marvel Universe and became a like a uh, covert Black Ops superhero team 
referred to as the Aegis of Atlas in like a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge to Atlas Comics. Um, and then uh, in the 60s, when uh, the second wave of superheroes came around um, and characters like the Fantastic Four and Iron Man, et cetera, et cetera, uh, started being created, they rebranded into Marvel Comics. Okay. And now they're known as Marvel Comics. Nice. Yep. Uh, I think that's all the headlines I had. Yep. Um, yeah, I think this was a good episode. Just this a little, was a good episode. Just a little chit-chat. I feel like I talked a lot, but that's what I do. That's <laughs> who you are. I have all the knowledge, and I'm the one imparting it. Um... Yeah, uh, as a reminder, next week we'll be talking about Marvel Masterworks, The Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1, which collects uh, Amazing Fantasy Issue 15 and Issues 1 through 10 of the first volume of The Amazing Spider-Man. So tune in for that. I'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, If you want to contact us, we're available on Twitter at CBBCPod. That's C-B-B-C-P-O-D. And uh, you can email us uh, at CBBCPOD at gmail.com. Twitter is where we post uh, the uh, recordings of our episodes. If you missed the live, if you missed part of the live show or weren't available, we put them up on YouTube, Spotify, et cetera, all the good audio streaming is that things. Where our last episode, our yes, last episode, our last, of, our last episode is in fact up on uh, YouTube and Spotify and whatnot. So if you go to our Twitter, you can see the links. It's the only tweet on the account. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, well, guys, I highly recommend you follow this. He, it looks like he put a lot of work into this graphic. <laughs> I listen. I spent like a whole hour and a half in Photoshop making a graphic, which I don't know how to do. <laughs> you, it's got all the letters there. It does. Listen, it's got all the letters. <laughs> it looks like it's from a comic book, and that's all we really need. That's you all know? you need. Who cares about like drop shadows and aspect ratios and whatever? It's got all the letters in there, and it looks like a comic book. Um. Next up on the station, we've got. Uh, I forget what it's called. I apologize. I should probably know this better. <laughs> Next up on the digital stage, uh, station, we have uh, Infinite Scoby. So maybe check that out if you would like. It might be cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. You have anything closing, Kendra? No, no closing remarks. All right. Um, as the great late Stan Lee used to say, Excelsior. That's that's actually what he would say. (laughs) Uh, Have a good day, folks.